Welcome everyone to the Yourself Enlightened podcast. This is a bi-weekly podcast created for the everyday spiritual enthusiast like myself. On this podcast, we will discuss topics related to all things spiritual, divine, metaphysical, mystical, magical, health conscious, woo-woo, you know, the works. And if you're at all interested in these topics, then this podcast is for you. So join the conversation by following Yourself Enlightened on Instagram at yourself underscore enlightened and visit yourselfenlightened.com. Hey everyone, I'm your host Carissa. Welcome to the Yourself Enlightened podcast. We have a very exciting interview lined up for today and today's topic is Ayurveda. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right into the interview and uh, we'll wrap it up at the end. Enjoy. Mia, thank you so much for being on Yourself Enlightened. It is just a delight to have you. Um, Mia is an Ayurvedic consultant, so we're going to dive into Ayurveda basics with Mia today. So Mia, um, tell us a bit about you and how you discovered Ayurveda initially. Sure, yeah, thank you for having me today, Carissa. Um, so my my journey to find Ayurveda probably started much, much further back in the past, but I really have been on a much more serious healing journey over the past 15 months or so. And where I've always, always been very interested in healing and, and those uh, different modalities around that with herbs and um, energy work and things like that. I, um, I really was looking for something that was kind of the end all, you know, I've been on this healing journey and I was doing my research online and reading all these different books and was gaining a lot of, of really interesting information, but a lot of it was very contradictory, uh, which was very confusing for somebody who really just, you know, wants to feel good and be well. For sure. And knowing that, you know, it's always been very important to me to get to the root of things. I always want to know, you know, what's really going on with people um, in, you know, the, the core essence of whatever um, we may be talking about or doing. It was a really natural progression for me to get to Ayurveda. About six or seven years ago, I'd say, I started practicing yoga and, of course, heard about Ayurveda a little bit through that, but it wasn't until, you know, about a year and a half ago now that I really dove in and started reading the different books about it and, and then eventually signed up for a course that gave me a much, much different and, and very vast knowledge of this science, which is just incredible. Ayurveda is fascinating. I don't know a lot, but I do know a little, um, so for those listening and for those that may be newer to Ayurveda, um, do you mind giving us an overview of what Ayurveda is? So Ayurveda is a Sanskrit word, um, and it translates to wi the wisdom of or the science of life. So Ayus meaning life or longevity, and Veda being wisdom or knowledge. In the lineage that I have studied, we refer to it as uh, very feminine energy a quote that my my teacher uses is that mother earth is the goddess of ayurveda i love I that love <laughs> i love that too right yeah so it's a completely truly holistic science or system 
It's really, its main focus is our prevention and treatment of, of illnesses or disease, which would be all removal of suffering, uh, health preservation, and spiritual liberation. So it's considered to be like a path of yoga, and this would be the yoga of healing, which I think right. is also really cool. That is really cool. I've, I've never thought of it that way. I know that they're associated, but I didn't know to what extent. So thank you. Yeah, that that's great. And you mentioned that you practice a specific type of Ayurveda. How many different types are there or versions, if you will, um, available for people to practice and, and learn? Sure. Uh, well, at this point, from, from the knowledge that I've gathered, I know there's a, a contemporary Ayurveda um, which I think is what we we see a lot of, or a lot more of, at least these days, when we you know type in Ayurveda to Google or something. So the lineage that I've studied under and have been practicing is the Swa lineage, and that's uh, Shaka Vedya Ayurveda, and that that method actually comes from. Uh, the lineage of Dr. Vaidya Ramakant Mishra. And he was a doctor who came from India to the U.S., I believe in the 90s. It might have been earlier than that. Um, and his family lineage was that of the what they called the Raj Vaidyas, which were the doctors who were chosen to treat the Indian royalty. With that, their family was able to preserve some ancient texts that that maybe weren't preserved elsewhere. Now, since you've come to the U.S. and train people, and you know we're getting this lineage to come out a little bit more, we're seeing you know some of the main differences in treating Westerners and our chronically hot livers. We take in a lot. Interesting. I can see that. I can see how that could happen here in the Western world. Interesting. Continue. That's, that's just, that is interesting. Yeah. So um, he was able to work to uh, formulate these different medicines that actually can be used transdermally. So it bypasses the liver. Also, he kind of updated the ancient texts, if you will, to include some other um more modern maladies that we see, you know, with fibromyalgia is one in particular. EMF radiation is another one. That's something that's very prevalent in our culture today and was not, of course, you know, four or 5,000 years ago. So, and the ancient seers who wrote the text where where we get Ayurveda from wrote that in that you know, they left it open for future doctors to be able to add to it. And Vijay Mishra was one in particular that I'm aware of who's been able to do that with, you know, kind of modernizing it. I love that, you know, they were able to preserve some of that ancient knowledge and continue to pass it along as well. And how did you um, become trained or where did you get your certification? And, And what made you go down that path, that particular method? Well, I went to... And graduated from the Northwest Institute of Ayurveda, and and that's out of Arcata, California. And what drew me to this lineage was that, you know, as as feminine as Ayurveda is, in that it's structured, I'll say, but it's not, you know, a hard and fast like this is what you do and this is what you don't do. It's 
is sure. very much about you know, how do we bring this into your life? It's it's really a gift. It's something for us to to learn in order to live our best lives. So it's not super strict. And for me, I do like that kind of structure. I think that's important to a certain extent, but at the same time, anytime we're trying to go hard and fast and, and change everything to, to get something done, we're going to disrupt certain energies in our bodies that can potentially lead to disease later on. Anyway, when I read about this uh, lineage of Ayurveda, it's just, it called to me because it sounds like the medicine that the people need. Definitely. that I need right now. And I know I'm not alone. <laughs> you are not alone. No, that's for sure. Everyone, everyone could benefit from this for sure. Um, so I'd love to learn a little bit more about some of the components of Ayurveda, like the doshas, for example, and I'm sure there are many other things to talk about, but can you give us a, a basic understanding of what the doshas are? Sure. So the doshas typically, it's another Sanskrit word. So it typically uh, translates to fault flaw or blemish. Um, we see them depicted kind of as like a mind-body type. So there's the three, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. These names are starting to become more and more familiar, hopefully. And the basis of Ayurveda is elemental. So looking at Vata, for example, the elements that we find in Vata dosha are air and ether or space. So it's that... Um, highly mobile, it's light, it's dry, it's it's windy, right? We see a lot of air. When we talk about pitta dosha, uh, that one is made up of fire and a little bit of water. And that is that which digests, essentially. So that's um, our digestive fire, that, you know, the, the heat that we have in the body and that which, which transmutes everything that's coming in from our sensory intake. So anything we're reading, we're listening to, we're eating, we're rubbing on our skin, all of that gets transmuted by pitta. Uh, now, kapha dosha is the one that is made up of earth and water. So that dosha in particular is very sturdy and stable, highly grounded, as you can imagine, um, you know, earth and water mixed together in mud. So it's very sticky, it's dense, um, and that generally makes up the structure of the body and the lubrication. So things like our bones, for example, you know, muscle tissue, fat tissue, and all the lubrication of our joints. And yeah, I would say that's that's pretty much the basis. And then we see, you know, when these doshas are in excess, that can lead down a road that leads to all kinds of different diseases or upsets. We're all made up of our own individual um, combination of vata, pitta, and kapha. So nobody has none of, of any of them. We all have a, at least some of something. Right. Um, now, there's a difference between what your your birth constitution or your, your body's constitution, what, what, how you are naturally, um, and what doshas are, are greater in that respect. Then there is, which we call prakriti. And then your, your current state of imbalance, we refer to as the vikriti. So, and that's where 
a lot of times we'll see, you know, people who are living different lifestyles that factors in eating different foods and that sort of thing that can cause the doshas to go up and down um, due to the different um, attributes or gunas. They're um, so light, cold and dry. And we have heavy, dense and moist, you know, warm. So opposites balance each other in Ayurveda and like attracts like. It's always a good idea to see an Ayurvedic practitioner, I would say, because it, it can get very complex. But at the same time, there are lots of online quizzes now that will point you in the direction of which dosha um, or doshas seem to be most prevalent in your life. It's definitely going to be a mix. There are some tridoshic folks out there. I've met some and they're wonderful creatures. They kind of have it all balanced across the board. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, there's there's people like myself who are very uh, pitta vata. So we're prevalent in those two. Perfect. Yeah, I'll have to do one of those quizzes and see where I fall. And then I'll get your advice on what to do to balance those out. But thank you for explaining that. That helps a lot. I wasn't quite sure how that worked. Um, sure. That's perfect. And do you mind explaining what a panchakarma is? Sure. So a panchakarma is, uh, it translates to the five cleansing actions. So this is a very deep cleansing process that people go through to uproot the dosha that's out of balance and the ama or toxin that is, is prevalent in the body. So it's really getting to the root cause of of the ailment. And then the panchakarma itself is the act of using these five cleansing actions to to bring those back into the digestive system so that they can be eliminated. It's really like pulling weeds, you know, so you can dig down deep and you get the whole root is the idea. Now, panchakarma needs to be looked at as, as very deep cleansing. So this is not necessarily for people who are feeling weak of body or mind, people who have uh, low immune systems. This is recommended more so for people who are strong in body, mind, and have strong agni or digestive fire, um, and a strong desire, of course, to go through panchakarma and the belief that, that it's going to work for them. That's always a big part. So the five cleansing actions are vamana, which is uh, therapeutic vomiting, uh, varechana, which is purgation, basti, which is enemas, rakta moksha, which is a blood cleansing treatment. So it used to be leeches, and they still use leeches at times, but now it's also you know having your blood drawn. And nausea, which is the nasal administration of herbal medicines, usually in oil. There's a lot of oil in panchakarma. So it sounds like if someone's very interested in um, having a really effective cleanse and they are interested in incorporating Ayurveda in their life, or maybe they've done Ayurveda for a long time, a panchakarma would be a good next step to, to dive a little bit deeper to cleanse yourself, essentially, right? A detox. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And it's recommended, um, I think, at least twice a year Okay. So at the changing of seasons. It's a good time to, to uproot the doshas because they're in between uh, their times of accumulation or aggression. 
Very interesting. I love this. This is so much fun to learn about. Also, I'm curious to know how Ayurveda has impacted your life. So when you started incorporating Ayurveda into your life, how did it change? Yeah. So when I first really dove into Ayurveda, I was feeling very scattered. My vata was definitely high uh, without knowing it, of course. But I was feeling anxious. Um, I was having like heart palpitations, you know, all, all kinds of just really feeling like on the edge all the time. And since discovering Ayurveda and studying it and starting to put some of these things into practice, in particular, Abhyanga, the warm oil massage, I've noticed I feel much more grounded. I, I have seen a noted difference in my mind, my mindset, it, whereas before I was feeling so scattered. Um, now I have a direction where I want to go and I'm, I'm actually taking the steps to go there. It's definitely a process getting up at the right time and going to bed at the right time, eating at the right times for me and, and really having a, a deeper understanding of my body and how it works and paying attention to, to how I feel when I eat certain things or, or do certain things or don't do certain things. Um, it's really been very eye-opening, and I really feel like so inspired, I guess, to to share this with people because I've seen what it can do for other other people. You know, everyone that I was in class with, for instance, I saw numerous transformations just with that. And for myself personally, I I really feel very much more rooted in my purpose and you know, what, what I'm going to do for my next steps. I love it. That's so beautiful. I love it. Uh, and it, that is inspiring too. I mean, for, for me, for example, I think that there's a lot that I can do, um, as far as diet and listening to my body, right? I think that I, that's kind of my next step, um, to become a healthier version of myself. And so just speaking to you about this makes me excited and makes me want to take that next step. So way to go. And I'm so proud of you yeah. for listening to yourself and committing to your own health. Um, cause I do think that is the first step to helping others too, right? We have to be able to take that step for ourselves to truly influence change in others. So I love it. And what made you decide to become a consultant? Really, I've, I've felt this pull to, to be a healer for many years. Even growing up as a kid, I was playing in the woods and looking for different herbs to pick. And I, I remember learning the, my first herb was plantain. And all I really knew about it was it was good for bug bites. So every time a kid around me had a bug bite or, or a cut or something, I'd pick out this leaf. I'm like, here, put this on it. And, uh, and that just kind of grew into, you know, some energy healing as a young teenager. I got interested in massage. It's kind of one thing led to another. Herbal medicine has always been a draw. Medicine has always um, really called to me, but not so much the, the Western allopathic medicine because I've I've seen as much good as it does, and it's definitely needed when it comes to chronic conditions and, and longer term illnesses. It, it really feels like it's a, oh, take this and this will happen. And I didn't want that to happen with herbalism for myself either. Right. You know, to just say, oh, you need this herb here. It needs to be 
a holistic. I agree a hundred percent. I've always felt that way too. And I feel like with Western medicine, oftentimes it's a band-aid, like let's cover up this problem, but we're not getting to the root of the problem and actually healing that. It's just like, here, take this prescription, this pharmaceutical drug, and it will just make you feel like the problem doesn't exist. And to me, that's not the most effective way to heal. It's not really uh, an effective way at all um, to heal. So what a fun story. I love that, that it's called to you your whole life. Uh, what are some of your favorite herbs outside of plantain? Well, I absolutely love tulsi or holy basil, sacred basil. It just has this beautiful, sweet smell and uh, taste that can be a little heating in the body. So you have to watch out for it. But um, it's just got this, this wonderfully uplifting um, effect when taken as a tea or um, in aromatherapy that I just love. Also, triphala is one that's very commonly used in Ayurvedic medicine. It's uh, made up of, of three different berries, or three fruits. And what they say about triphala, what the, what the ancient texts say about triphala is, if you don't have a mother, you don't have to worry because triphala will, will take care of you like in the same way your mother would. I love that. So that's always a good one to keep around. Um, and also, I recently discovered and have been working more with curry leaves, which are not the same as curry powder. Oh, interesting. Very different, yeah. But they have uh, numerous benefits, including liver detoxification, and very nourishing to the hair, and help to fight gut microorganisms. So it's one of those things that are uh, it's very prevalent in Indian and Ayurvedic cooking. You throw, throw a couple leaves into a soup, kind of like we use bay leaves. Mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. they're some of my yeah. my favorites at the moment those sound amazing do you have a favorite ayurvedic cookbook or um, <sighs> recipes can you share some of that i do i absolutely love it's called the new ayurvedic kitchen what to eat for how you feel and it's by divya alter and it's amazing she has it set up by season and broken down by your individual digestion. And my favorite recipes are, are definitely the soothing mung soup. Yum. It's, um, yeah, it's very grounding and nourishing. And the kale and roasted sweet potato. Do you have any other books that you would recommend um, just for learning about Ayurveda? If somebody wants to take that next step, what would you recommend? Absolutely. Um, so I think one that's, that's pretty easy to digest is um, the Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda by Sahara Rose Katabi. Mm -hmm. um, also, Ayurveda, the Science of Self-Healing is by Dr. Vasant Ladd. And that's one of, that was my first Ayurveda book that I read. And another wonderful one from the same lineage, actually, that I've learned is uh, Healing the Thyroid with Ayurveda by Dr. Marianne Teitelbaum. And that is a wonderful book, I would say, for, for both practitioners and people who are really serious about Ayurveda. She, she does a wonderful job of going deep into um, some of the different herbs and some of the causes of, of different thyroid disorders. I didn't always realize how prevalent that was in the Western world to have that kind of imbalance. So right. I highly, highly recommend that book. Perfect. Thank you. I think I myself will get some of those books. 
So that's perfect. Do you have any noteworthy success stories from um, people that you've actually uh, helped in your consulting practice? Sure. I have one client who was dealing with eczema and so somebody who has always been very health conscious. She's a practicing herbalist and this was just, she was not able to shake it and didn't know where it came from. It was just a flare up. And through working with her, we, we were able to almost completely eradicate it within just a couple of weeks, which is always wow. amazing to yeah, see. That is amazing. That is yeah. amazing. If someone wanted to work with you, how can they find you online, on social media? And also, do you work with people remotely then or just local? I do. I work both with locals and um, online. Perfect. So usually via Zoom. And uh, people can find me on Instagram at Mia Wellness Coaching, as well as Facebook. Uh, so facebook.com slash Mia Wellness Coaching. At the moment, I also have a page on the pnwcollective.com slash Mia or M-I-A. And um, they can learn more about me there. And I would love to hear from anybody who's interested in learning more. Perfect. Perfect. That's great. And um, one last question for you, too. You mentioned that uh, you've explored energy healing throughout your life. Are there any other modalities that you've explored? Yeah, so I've been studying Reiki, and I'm at level two for the moment. But uh, later this year, I plan to complete my level two and level three and get my master certification in Reiki energy healing, um, as well as you know, newly being drawn to uh, neuro-linguistic programming. I think it's really, uh, I've always been fascinated by the mind and psychology and, and how how we think and, and how we, we work. So that's another modality that I'm looking at. Uh, also, I'm very much interested in learning more about gemstone therapy, mm-hmm. working with the energies of different uh, stones, color therapy, uh, aromatherapy, so many wonderful things that actually started in Ayurveda. It's so amazing. That is amazing. And I love all of those things too. I actually just got my Reiki certification, my master level certification. And Reiki is so powerful. And obviously it's just channeling the energy from the universe, you know, the lineage and um, individuals that created the Reiki platform, I think are amazing. Um, but wow, powerful talk about shifts in so many areas. So I love all of those things though. Good for you. That's great. Well, I really appreciate your time and for being on the show. It was such a delight having you and you're so knowledgeable on Ayurveda. So thank you for sharing that knowledge with all of us. And I'll definitely be sure to, um, to share all of your information so people can find you. And I think myself, I think I would love to work with you and have you be my Ayurvedic consultant too. Oh, thank you so much, Carissa. It was a pleasure talking with you and I greatly look forward to working with you. All right, everyone, that's a wrap with Mia Hamilton. It was such a delight having Mia on the show today to talk about Ayurveda. Um, She's certainly very knowledgeable in that area. So if you're looking for some kind of Ayurvedic consultant to tap into as a resource, Mia would be a fantastic option for you. I will link her information in the show notes. I will also link information about the books that she mentioned in the interview. So if you're interested in looking at those, please feel free. As far as 
as future episodes go, I do have a fantastic lineup for all of you to enjoy. So stay tuned for some additional um, interviews uh, over the coming weeks. And I do also have some exciting solo casts prepared as well. So exciting times ahead. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, as always, I am very appreciative that you take the time to listen to this podcast, and I hope that you are able to pull some information from it that can benefit you in your own life. And I also hope that you are willing to share this with people that might also need to hear some of this information to benefit their lives. So please feel free to share, pass it along. And uh, I hope you also know just how wonderful each and every one of you are and that I love you and I appreciate you so much. Have a great week, everyone.